you are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And today on the show, we do have to talk a little bit of basketball. I know it's been football all the time here on Locked on Mizzou, so we got to give hoops a little bit of love later in the show. And also, well, COVID-19 just will not go away. And unfortunately, there's some big news involving a massive SEC school and requiring proof of vaccination. We'll get to that here in just a second, but I do want to remind you that the NFL season is, of course, about to begin as well, and nobody covers it like the Locked On Podcast Network. On August 30th through September 8th, Locked On's ultimate season preview is taking you through every team and every division with the help of Odyssey's lineup of NFL experts. Follow the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast to tune in beginning August 30th. And you may have heard, if you're a Twitter fanatic like myself, that LSU has announced that it will require proof of vaccination or a negative COVID PCR test taken within 72 hours of each and every game in order to attend these games at Tiger Stadium. And this is for people 12 and older. So nothing about kids needing any proof of vaccination or anything like that. Also notably, so far, nothing about a mask mandate being in place at Tiger Stadium. But certainly, this sort of begs the question, right? Is Mizzou next? Will the rest of the Southeastern Conference fall into place Is LSU the canary in the coal mine? What's going on here? Well, in my humble opinion, I can't really see Mizzou taking these steps unless the rest of the SEC does it, essentially. If the conference implements a rule that mirrors what LSU is doing, then obviously Mizzou's got to fall into place. But you know what? Mizzou is not LSU. We didn't win the national championship a couple seasons ago. We don't have 85-whatever-thousand people and a season ticket waiting list. LSU can maybe afford to alienate a certain percentage, maybe 10, 15, 20%, maybe even as high as that, of people who are going to take a stance against this and say, hey, even if I am vaccinated, I'm not down with requiring my papers to enter the game. There are people who are going to feel that way, again, regardless of their vaccination status. So regardless of how you feel about their feelings, well, that's the reality of the situation. And for Missouri, they're going to have much the same situation, having in some ways, at least in mid-Missouri, a lot of the same political demographics as Louisiana does. So... How much can you really risk alienating any percentage of your fan base if you're Missouri for literally whatever reason? Because Missouri's already been struggling for the last few seasons to fill for row field. I believe the last sellout was in the 2015 season. 
And that's despite the fact that in the last, well, obviously the 2020 season doesn't count, but in 2019, Missouri had a promising team, had a reduced capacity, and yet still wasn't selling out games consistently, obviously. So to me, I just don't see how, practically speaking, if you're in the athletic department, sure, you want to encourage people to be safe. Maybe you encourage people to get vaccinated, but actually requiring it, I just don't see that actually happening again unless the SEC mandates it. Now, of course, I could be wrong, and maybe Missouri will be the next in line, perhaps. You never know what could happen. I think making wild predictions about the future, especially during this COVID era, is a fool's errand. But you got to say there's already some pressure, at least, from the state legislature. Missouri Senator Greg Grazer said, This should be a no-brainer for all SEC stadiums, including Mizzou. Hashtag get vaccinated or hashtag get tested. And I guess from my perspective, as somebody who has been vaccinated, I got to wonder if we're going to really require people show a test, show proof of vaccination, is that going to gum up the works trying to get into the game? Because, you know, Last season, it was really easy to get into the game in 2020, but with a full stadium, all of a sudden, with all these new mandates, gosh, I hope it's not like a Kansas City Chiefs game trying to pile into there with that mass of humanity all of a sudden. That would be not a great step forward for the fan experience for any of us. Another bit of reality is if Missouri is still hell-bent on having if not capacity, at least trying to get capacity during this football season, it's a lot harder to get people to comply and police, say, a mass mandate, for instance, or even entering the stadium. Your staff, apparently, and again, this is according to secondhand information. I've heard from people who went to NBA playoff games in Los Angeles this past summer who, where they were supposedly required to show proof of vax or a negative test. And, well, these people dutifully brought their vaccine papers, and yet nobody at the Staples Center asked them for it. And this was actually much my experience at a doctor's office recently, where one visit I failed to bring my vaccine status, and they didn't let me in the building. Well, a week later, a week or two later, I come back, dutifully have my papers this time, and magically they didn't even ask for it. So, I don't know, just the actual policing of all these rules is getting rather inconsistent. If you watched WWE SummerSlam this past weekend, that was a massive event in Las Vegas, their new football stadium. Well, they required masks there, but if you actually looked at the crowd, it felt like maybe half the crowd actually had their masks on at a certain point. Yes, I suppose some of them were eating, drinking, all that sort of thing, but again, if this was if the cloth masks were really going to save us all, would they let us eat and drink right next to each other? That's always been my question there, but I digress. Bottom line, just as a football fan, my worry would be, obviously, if this is implemented, then suddenly Missouri, who is hoping to fill the stadium for all of our games this season, let's keep this Eli Drinkwitz momentum going. 
I don't want to see 55,000 in there. I just don't want to see that. And that's not what the players want to see. It's not what Eli wants to see. And it's definitely not what the recruits like Luther Burden want to see either. And coming up, you know what? Let's get on the actual field and the hardwood. You know what? A couple interesting notes from Dave Matter's recent chat about the Missouri basketball team. And also, I have some more thoughts on Larry Roundtree and the possibility of the NCAA expanding scholarship limits for football. But first, with 11 days to go before Mizzou's opener against Central Michigan, 3 p.m. kickoff, now's the time to order your sweat block wipes, people, because you order them now, they should be here by game day, and you'll have the perfect life hack for not pitting out your favorite Mizzou shirt. This thing is doctor-created, doctor-recommended, works for up to seven days per use. Their dry shirt guarantee, come on, you can't beat that. If sweat block doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. These things have been featured and tested on the Rachel Ray Show by firefighters. If they're good enough for firefighters, they're good enough for armchair quarterbacks like me and you. So get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on or at Amazon and CVS. And as per usual, I'm here to save you some money via my friends at rockauto.com. And I tell you, there are just too many cars on the market now. It's confusing. It's sort of like tech stuff, right? Like you ask your mom or your dad, like, hey, do you do you have an iPhone X or is it an XS or is it an XS Plus? And their eyes start rolling into the back of your head. Well, it's sort of like the car market now. Yeah, it's not just a Honda Odyssey minivan, for, for instance. No, you could have the LX model, the EX model. Heck, you might not even know the difference when you walk into the store and suddenly that guy behind the counter with the grease on his hands, he's making you feel like an idiot. Well, guess what? At the privacy of your own home, you can figure out, oh, I do need to know what the difference of my model is. Oh, hey, I have an LX. Well, when you figure that out, go to your garage, figure it out, come back to your computer, go to rockauto.com and find all the parts you need for your car truck at their easy to navigate website. So again, go to rockauto.com right now, right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably, low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com So to be brutally honest, when it comes to this 21-22 Missouri basketball season, Missouri center Jordan Wilmore had become an afterthought to me. When I started trying to imagine this roster, the best five, then maybe the next two or three off the bench, Wilmore was really, again, just a guy that I was not counting on whatsoever. But with reports that he's apparently on the Steve Moore diet plan and down about 40 or 50 pounds, it sounds like Wilmore looks like a completely different human being. Now, fortunately, when you lose all that weight, you don't lose any height. So he's still 7'2", 7'3", whatever he might be, and you can't teach that. 
And more importantly, another thing you can't teach is touch. The guy, from what I've seen, has shown some soft hands, some soft touch around the rim. But at the size he played at last season in modern college basketball, the guy just was too slow to defend, especially in a high screen and roll. It was just not going to happen. It was impossible. At the very least, he was probably going to foul out in record time. You thought Jeremiah Tillman committed a lot of fouls his freshman year. Well, I think if Jordan Wilmore would have played those kind of minutes, you'd have seen a new record. That's for darn sure. But at a more reasonable basketball size, if Wilmore can just be okay defensively, he could be a real asset on the offensive end because at that size, again, He's not just a guy with zero skill around the basket from what I've seen. The defense was the problem. So if he can just shore that up a little bit, just be quick enough to stay on the floor, at least in small doses, Jordan Wilmore could be a real problem for the opposition coming off the bench and somebody who could at times sort of change the chemistry and pace of the game to Missouri's favor. Now, Jordan Wilmore aside... He's really the only true traditional back-to-the-basket post-center on the team. So as Dave Matter said in his chat, this is definitely going to be a more athletic and versatile team on both ends of the floor. And the question Dave asks, now can they shoot? And that's really that's been my question about the Tigers since Frank Haith left, to be quite frank. Kim Anderson, for all of his faults as a recruiter, it seems to me, it always seemed to me, if he would have just focused on recruiting a team full of shooters, well, that may not have gotten us to our first Final Four or anything, but it also wouldn't have been the disaster of never-ending, dead-last finishes that that era became. And now I think, maybe slowly but surely, hopefully it's not too late, Conzo Martin has realized, hey, I need to open this thing up, get more shooters, not only for the obvious reason of, hey, it's basketball, you make more shots, that's a good thing, but also for the maybe slightly less obvious effect of opening up the floor for driving and making everybody else's lives easier on the offensive end of the court. It also sounds like Kobe Brown may have taken the next step as, quote, the team's new alpha and... They're saying, Dave is saying it wasn't until about midway through last season that Kobe realized he was the most physical player on the team. More physical than Jeremiah Tillman in practice, according to some. Well, I found that surprising, but I definitely agree that Kobe got to be the best returning rebounder on the team, a guy who should be able to come into his own. And to me, his physicality should be used while driving the ball aggressively to the basket. In theory, if there's not really a lot of traditional post players clogging up the paint, well, that's going to result in Kobe Brown at times having the ball on the perimeter, being guarded by a forward, a guy that he can hopefully beat off the dribble because Kobe can handle the ball for a guy his size. And with his level of physicality, I want to see him put the ball on on the floor, get into the paint, and put pressure on that defense. He's a guy who can draw a lot of fouls, make his foul shots too, a multi-talented player. I think we could really see Kobe Brown take a step this season. 
And if he does, obviously Missouri's got a way better chance. But really, ultimately, Missouri, once again, we got to figure out shooters. We need four to five shooters on the court at all times to be any good next year, to have a chance to be good. And you know what? If you think a certain NFL team, for instance, is going to be better than expected, well, then you should head on over to betonline.ag where they've got all kinds of NFL futures, player futures, of course, NCAA futures as well. But we've talked quite a bit about that. I just wanted to point out maybe a decent value for the NFL MVP. Justin Herbert at 16-1, to maybe not the greatest odds on the planet, but to me, a guy with a new coach, Anthony Lynn, their previous coach, was a little bit conservative at times. I think year two for Justin Herbert with more more opportunities to put up stats with a new coach, a new coordinator coming from the New Orleans Saints. Hey, why not throw a couple bucks on Justin Herbert just for the fun, but give you something to root for during this NFL season. But regardless of what you want to bet on, you got to do it at betonline.ag where they have a 100% welcome bonus on whatever your next deposit is. That's right, a 100% bonus when you use the promo code locked on at betonline, your online sportsbook experts. Well, Larry Roundtree wasn't particularly statistically impressive in the latest preseason game for the L.A. Chargers, but once again, he did lead the team in carries, and at least one guy on the Chargers beat, Daniel Wade, tweeted out that Larry Roundtree has been the best Chargers back so far. Now, Justin Herbert has not played in the preseason so far, and I'm guessing Austin Eckler hasn't either. So that means that at least among the backups, Roundtree's been the best. I think he's got a pretty solid chance to make this squad for sure. Now, as for the rest of the Tigers, we all know Nick Bolton's going to make the team. Looks like he's going to be mostly in on running downs. He's probably their third running back. But again, expect to see Bolton a lot on standard downs. Larry Borum, offensive tackle for the for the Chicago Bears has garnered a lot of praise. I think he's certainly going to be on the Bears roster. Now, as for the safeties, Josh Bledsoe for the Patriots, I think practice squad is probably his destination, quite frankly. Just doesn't seem like he's going to crack the depth chart in New England. Tyree Gillespie, also right on the cusp, I would say, in Oakland. If I had to guess, as of today, I think he probably will make the squad just based on a lot on his special teams ability. And just one final note, unfortunately, this was a few weeks ago, DeMarcus Acey, former Missouri Tiger corner, tore his ACL during training camp with the Steelers. So a big blow to not only this season for Acey, but potentially his pro football career too. So that was a definite bummer. And also lately, Online, I've seen a lot of discussion about potentially expanding the football scholarship limit. Now, just to recap of what the current rules are, you can sign up to twenty-five scholarships, sign up to twenty-five guys to a scholarship each year, but there's an overall limit of eighty-five scholarship players each year. 
So if you do the math, 25 times 4, your freshmen, sophomore, juniors, and seniors, in theory, you could have 100 guys on scholarship. But of course, there's always natural attrition. There's transfers. There's unfortunately guys who medically retire, but mostly just guys choosing to move on to a different school. But of course, with that sort of 15-player buffer, unfortunately, that's getting much smaller these days because of the transfer portal becoming so much more busy. And lots of players, in fact, guys who are choosing to move on and transfer, well, they're essentially stuck in portal purgatory forever because they don't find a new team. But despite these guys transferring, not finding a new team, well, under the new rules, you don't get to replace that guy. You don't get to go back in time and add, say, a 20, you don't get to have 26 the next year because one guy decided to transfer, for instance. Well, that's the proposal, essentially, is now up to maybe a limit of five or six or seven guys. Depending on how many people you have transfer, say you had five transfer, well, you could actually sign 30 people in the next class. Here would be my concern on that. Already we're seeing teams in the upper echelon, like Alabama, for instance, added the very, very accomplished Tennessee linebacker. I, don't even ask me to pronounce this cat's name off the top of my head, please, but it's something like To'o, To'o, something like that. You probably know who I'm talking about if you're a big-time college football fan. The point is, is the rich get richer with the Tide adding this guy in the portal. Well, if you're now letting the Tide add another four or five guys to their recruiting classes every season, it's not as though those are going to be marginal players. They're just going to continue to accumulate really, really good football prospects. So in my opinion, while I see the point of wanting to add some bodies, just because at times, if you see this much transfer, if this keeps going, this rate of attrition it's going to be harder for guys and teams to have the proper depth that you need. There's a reason you saw Chris Abrams drain playing defensive back and Sean Robinson playing a linebacker safety role last year, despite the fact that they started fall camp as a quarterback and a receiver respectively. So to me, there almost needs to be a slight punishment for lack of a better term for the teams that win the conference, for instance, they almost need to be limited a little bit more because I don't know, at a certain point, I'm not saying that I'm not sure I'm, I'm actually against the salary cap in pro sports, believe it or not. I actually think the draft can be very counterproductive, but at a certain point you do have to limit the amount of players you can actually have on your roster and just the ever expanding sort of recruiting classes. I don't know. I, I just think, I understand the thinking behind wanting to do that. You want to make sure that these teams have enough depth just to play games, but at the same time, you also got to be worried about competitive balance a little bit there too, I think, especially in a world where it looks like if sponsors can just pay for scholarships for walk-ons as apparently is happening right now, well, you've got a lot of different factors to look at. It's a whole new world in college football and college basketball, that's for sure. And I hope to help you navigate it here on Locked on Mizzou five times a week. And by the way, if you want to navigate the betting market, no, no better place to go than Locked on Bets. 
your boy Q, handicapping expert, Lee Sterling. Get their daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored, the old WTF, and Lee's lock of the day. Follow Locked On Bets for free on all platforms, brought to you by betonline.ag. So, until next time, I am John Miller, and we'll have some practice, post-practice sound bites for you tomorrow, right here on Locked on Mizzou.